Welcome, welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Hey everybody, Freddie Wills, uh, back to recap my college football season. Happy New Year to all of you. Hope you guys enjoyed the college football playoff yesterday. Um, I kind of did. <laughs> um First of all, one good game at least uh, in the past years. We've we've had some clunkers, so it was good to see at least one good game, uh, even if I was on the opposite side of it. Um, but um, I'm definitely excited for the national championship game, and I uh, just wanted to recap the year. You know, full transparency. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat this at all. Uh, first losing season in a while. Second in my career. Been doing this nine years professionally. So uh, it was a bit of a humbling experience. Um, yesterday was extremely frustrating, obviously, with uh, Michigan blowing a 17-point lead, or 16-point lead, I'm sorry, and then uh, Oklahoma, of course, blowing uh, their 17-point lead. I thought the play calling late in that game was, was very questionable. Uh, you know, Georgia, you got to hand it to Georgia. They made the adjustments. Um after the initial blitz of offense, uh, you know, having seen the run pass um, option probably for the first time in, in that type of speed, um, they made some great adjustments. Uh, they manned up really against all the receivers, including uh, tight end Mark Andrews and, and Baker really didn't have anywhere to throw. They started getting pressure on them uh, with their blitz packages. So, you know, hand it to them. They made the adjustments. I was frustrated in the fourth quarter. Uh, Oklahoma had probably 10 times to put this game away and the play calling was just awful. Uh, I'll give you an example, um, overtime where the play calling didn't get much better either. I, I just couldn't understand how Lincoln Riley, who, who's known as, as, uh, more of an aggressive coach. Uh, he, he pretty much went away from that. I saw that happen twice in matchups against TCU. It was almost like they were afraid um, to run their offense late in those games where TCU made some comebacks. So uh, it was nothing new from Lincoln Riley, but I really didn't appreciate him putting uh, <laughs> uh, what the heck's his name. He's probably going to be their quarterback next year. Um, the guy that transferred over from uh, Texas A&M. They put him in the game alongside of uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, because he's, you know, a quick guy or whatever, um, and they run an option because, you know, Georgia wasn't a man, uh, which, which you know, I don't like – I don't mind the idea, but I'd rather see them do that with their running backs, uh, a guy that can break tackle, and I, I'd rather see them run it to uh, the further side. I, I, they ran it where he, he didn't really have much room to get around the defenders if he's, he's looking to use his speed. So I really didn't like the play calling late in that game where they, they could have sealed this game a couple times. Uh, I was really questionable, and uh, of course I'm biased because I had Oklahoma, um, you know, as a max play of the day. And uh, you know, on that note, let's let's just kind of get into how the seasons went for us. And uh, of course, if you're new to this podcast, look forward to you being a listener next year uh, as I enter my tenth year of doing this professionally. And um, yeah, so uh, we did. During bowl season, especially in December, continue our success on our max play of the days. We went 4-1-1, one, one, 30, 30 wins, 5 losses, and 1 p- 
push in our career in the month of December on Max Play of the Days. Our only loss this month was on a minus eight turnover performance. And then, of course, Wake, Wake Forest, another team that blew a 17-point lead for us. So that was, that was kind of the frustration from my point of view yesterday uh, with the two 17-point views. And, and I stayed up late just looking over my season just to, to make sure, you know, I wasn't missing something. And um, there's definitely adjustments with handicapping that you have to make. I, I don't handicap the same way I did uh, nine years ago. Um, I'd have been out of this business a long time ago if I do that. You have to adjust and continually adjust. Um, and I'm thinking maybe this year I adjusted too much or not enough. But um, and I'll get into what I mean in a minute. But uh, on the season, 12 and 14 on my play of the days, uh, minus six percent return on investment. Uh, that's that's just my second losing season on my play of the days, my big plays. Uh, six and 12 on totals, uh, something that's you know very new to me um, is betting on college football totals. But I I think that a lot of times you can find value in them. Unfortunate for me. Um, I'm not very good at it yet. Uh, very small sample size. So I'm definitely looking forward to how I, uh, I, I'm more of an under player and unders just don't happen in college. I mean, there's been so many times where, where the under looks great and then you have the fourth quarter and then there's just like a ton of points. So uh, I've been on, on both ends of bad luck with totals for sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, definitely fixing my handicap on totals. Five and four on teasers uh, of the 19 team or the 18 teams I bet on teasers. 13 of them actually covered the spread, so uh, pretty decent year on teasers. Uh, I'm used to a little bit better. Uh, money line underdogs uh, went five and 11, and then against the spread I went 65 and 66. Uh, so combine all that, 82 and 93, uh, and minus 44% return on investment. Again, not very good. Full transparency. I will say this: uh, I did go 11 and five against the spread on free picks, for what it's worth. And my newsletter subscribers, which if you haven't subscribed, you can do so now for next season. Subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks newsletter, free at freddiewills.com. Went uh, nine and five on those this year against the spread, nine five and one. Um, so. Definitely some good stuff there. Uh, for those of you that got access to my picks, you know, for free, the the one premium play I sent out a week, and then my free picks, you did pretty well. Uh, you won over 60% of your bets uh, against the spread. Um, unfortunately for my premium subscribers, it just didn't work out this year. There was, we were just on the bad side, and, and I kind of had to go back and look at it to see, because this is, even in my one losing season, I only lost 5%. So I had to go back and look to see how bad um, I did. And uh, I, I understand if you don't want to listen to me talk about this. Um, but uh, I, I, do, I do think that some of my clients and future clients deserve to know. Um, if you want to fast forward a bit, I am going to break down a little bit of uh, the Georgia-Bama game. Um, so stay tuned for that in a couple minutes. Over 148 games that I picked against the spread or money line, um, I went back and looked to see, you know, how much luck was involved. And, and, you know, turnovers are a big part of luck. They truly are. Um, the ball bounces a certain way, fumble recoveries. Uh, you get past defenses, deflections, the ball pops up, what have you. Um, you know, part of that is handicap, and I do try to look at that, uh, what kind of 
defenses and defensive lines uh, are more apt to create turnovers. Um, but then, unfortunately, this year, uh, 69 games, I had a negative turnover margin. 43 games, I had a positive turnover margin. And 36 was just an even turnover margin. So um, almost half of the games that I handicapped had a negative turnover margin. Overall, I was minus 67 turnover margin of the 148 games I picked against the spread. Very hard to win that way, nonetheless. You know, I'm not making excuses, like I said. I do handicap that. Um, 47.7% fumble recovery rate for the teams that I backed. Um, that's that's about 82nd uh, over the if, – if you're a team and you recover 47% of your fumbles, you rank – uh, around 82nd in the country. So uh, unfortunately, we were we we had been somewhat unlucky. Uh, it, you know, it it definitely will change how I handicap moving forward. You know, I I definitely want to back the teams who show more effort. Um, I mean that's that's clear. And and I'll give you an example uh, of a team that we backed several times this year and and won some money this year, including in the bowl season. We took a money line uh, as a max play of the day, and that's Purdue. Um, they were 130th last year in fumble recovery percentage. Here in comes Jeff Brom, brought in a culture of confidence and effort, and they soared to number one in fumble recovery percentage. That's definitely not a coincidence. So things like that, I, I those are little details that I, I probably never took took into consideration that I need to take into consideration um, because fall, even fumble recovery. Where while it is mostly luck, there is a little bit of it that you can, you know, handicap. Uh, I mean, I had to look at the top ten um, in fumble recovery percentage, and they're all high effort teams. Penn State, number two, sixty-seven percent fumble recovery. Iowa State, love what Campbell's doing over there uh, with the Iowa State. Another team that we backed in bowl season, four uh, percent play uh, at plus 165 on the money line, and they won. Um, they were almost unluckily won, um, uh, fumbling for the first time all year. They lost a fumble going into the end zone. It was clearly a touchdown. They kept it a touchdown, uh, a, a fumble. Uh, I thought I was going to lose that game, just, just kind of how the season's gone. Um, Central Florida, Scott Frost. I mean, was there a better coach this year than Scott Frost? And how did he not win coach of the year is beyond me. Now, I'm not one of those folks that are going to say they deserve to be in the college football playoff. There's no question they did not. I mean, let's be honest. I, I know they beat Auburn yesterday, and they did so pretty handily. Auburn wasn't up for that. I mean, it just that just wasn't the same team. Um, so, I mean, they do need to expand this playoff. And um, when they expand the playoff, uh, the group of five team will get in. So, uh, that's my opinion. Expand it to six teams. You get the five conference champions and the highest rated group of five team. That's the way to do it. Um, and then the the first, the number one and number two teams would get a bye. Um, the top four would play in the middle of December, and then you would you would have New Year's Day the top four. That's the way to do it, my opinion. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. But I mean, how refreshing for a guy like uh, Scott Frost, a coach who means what he says, is there for the players. Um, you know, I didn't give him enough credit, and I didn't I didn't make a bet on the Central Florida game. 
I really, I really did not think that they were going to wonder cover it. And you, if you looked at the X's and O's, I mean, how bad Central Florida's defense was down the stretch. I mean, they looked fantastic. Um, you got to give him a lot of credit. And uh, I, I tell you what, um, I'm about to have a kid here in the next couple of days. Uh, my first kid, it's a boy. And uh, man, I would love to send him to play for Co- Coach Frost any day of the week. Um, I don't think there's that many coaches in this league that do that, uh, that are that type of a coach. So um, definitely uh, very impressed. But anyways, that, that kind of recaps the season. And obviously I have one more play. My and it's probably going to be a max play because I'll look at this game enough and I'll feel really confident with whatever side I I choose. Although I am holding a ticket for Georgia at plus four fourteen hundred um, from weeks and weeks ago. I I was holding ironically an Oklahoma ticket as well. I, I those were the only two teams that I bet on to win the national championships for future perspective. And um, you know I didn't have to hedge yesterday because they were playing against each other. But um, so I'm whole. I am holding a Georgia ticket, so I have no idea what I'm really gonna do in this game. I'll start it off from this. Um, Georgia, uh, six key st- st- statistical um, stats that I look at. They ranked uh, on average uh, 10.8th in the country compared to Alabama, who ranked seventh. So uh, and and Georgia faced a little bit of a tougher schedule at number 56 compared to Alabama at number 59.7. So, I mean, these teams are pretty much even, in my opinion, uh, looking at that. Um, It's definitely an interesting matchup with, uh, I mean, there's lots of storylines, both SEC teams. uh, Of course, Kirby Smart used to coach with Nick Saban for years and years. They probably know each other very well. And, um, you know, they both just faced teams with major weaknesses. Georgia faced Oklahoma, who apparently doesn't play defense at times. Um, I thought they would have gotten a better effort from their run defense. Um, said that in my handicap, but uh, they did not. And then uh, Alabama faced the Clemson team with no offense, or at least a one-dimensional offense, played to Alabama's strength. Um, so I, w- I was very comfortable betting Alabama yesterday as well. I thought Oklahoma, um, with their unique offense and, and how well the Big 12 has played this year, was going to beat Georgia. didn't happen. Um, so here we go. We have Georgia going from seeing the best quarterback in football to probably, I, all right. So I don't want to say one of the worst, but Jalen hurts is not a very good quarterback. He just isn't. Um, and then Alabama goes from facing a one dimensional offense to facing a balanced attack. I mean, is there a more balanced attack than Georgia ranking, uh, 15th in quarterback rating and number four in I'm sorry, seventh in quarterback rating and number four in rushing yards per carry. I mean, this team is the most balanced offense in college football. They have the three studs at running back. They have Jake Fromm, who's a quick decision maker, accurate thrower, and they have some receivers. So, I mean, this team, on paper, I lean towards Georgia um, initially, right? Um, I know some of Alabama's – Stats are skewed a little bit because they've gotten up big in games and then they had some injury issues. But on paper, this game's going to be in Atlanta. And I think the line is inflated a bit, Um, you know, because obviously Georgia showed more vulnerability uh, with their defense 
Um, but again, they faced a team, an Oklahoma team, that runs the uh, run pass option or RPO. Um, and, and Georgia's really not exp- – they're not used to seeing that. And I really was impressed with the adjustments they made at halftime to um, – I think they, they maybe went to a man coverage or, or whatever because Baker Mayfield couldn't find any open receivers from five yards off the lot. He could not throw downfield on this team, and uh, he had no time in the pocket. And uh, I just thought Georgia did a great job, and that's coaching right there. Um, you know, I was frustrated with Lincoln Riley's decision-making late in the game. Georgia outcoached him. Georgia had the better coaching in that game. Um, and, and that's, that's something that, you know, are they going to have it in this game against Nick Saban? Um, we know Nick Saban's record against former assistants. So there's a lot of things to break down in this game. Uh, very early. I mean, plus four and a half with Georgia in Atlanta and, you know, the way they looked against Auburn in the sec championship game, uh, the way Alabama looked against uh, Auburn in the, SEC championship game or in the, in the, the iron bowl the week before. Um, I mean, there's a lot to still break down here. Um, I know a lot of people that will like Alabama. A lot of sharps are going to look at Georgia's run defense. Their run defense gave up a ton of yards against Oklahoma over 200. Um, And I mean, Alabama is the number one run defense. Georgia needs to run the ball to put up points. But I would not be surprised if Georgia is able to shut down Alabama as well. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, So, I mean, obviously I'm not very good at totals, but I'll talk to some people that are, see where they're at with it. Um, So a lot to break down in this game. Again, it's not the worst thing in the world. I'm holding a future ticket for Georgia as a national championship, Um, although I wouldn't hedge at this point because Alabama is a 2-1 to favorite. So... Hopefully later in the week, I'll be able to do one or two more podcasts breaking down this matchup further. And uh, if not, uh, I will release a play. And again, I'm seven and one against the spread in my career in national championship games. Um, I, my wife is due any, any minute here. So uh, January 6th. So who knows where I'll be during the game um, or beforehand. So again, I appreciate all you guys listening this year. I appreciate my clients believing in me come back next year stronger than ever. Um, I just wanted to share with you guys, um, you know, something that you're probably not used to in this business is, you know, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm always humbled. And, um, you know, I'm not one to lie about my records um, ever. Number one priority, integrity. Uh, that's why I release all my plays minutes after a game starts. I don't know anybody else that does that. My plays are documented, time-stamped. You can go and export all my records into an Excel spreadsheet with a click of a button. A lot of people want to hide that crap from you guys. I I don't. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat this season at all. We had some bad luck. There were some bad handicaps on my part. Um, I'm still learning. College football is always changing. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to next year. Uh, the hard work won't stop and I can't wait. Uh, hopefully you guys stay on and, uh, continue to listen to my podcast and give me great ratings. And, uh, definitely again, appreciate all your support this year. And, uh, I'll leave you with, uh, this.
subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks Newsletter. Free at FreddieWills.com.